Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your host, Robert Hunt. Well, look at the week's financial news that can be a bit confusing, misleading, and take you off course. And I hope to make it actionable, understandable, and clear. 2024, here we come. We had a week, so we've got a show. Three articles, and as time allows, some time in Robert's Corner where we look at so you really think you can pick stocks? We're going to focus on NVIDIA, the GPU producer that has done so well of late and what it would have actually required of you to reap the benefits of being a stockholder. But for the articles, the real meat of this thing, we are going to look at a James McIntosh Wall Street Journal article, how I and everyone else got 2023 so wrong. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, a Greg Ip article, The Future is Bright if You Know Where to Look. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of the show sent us this as a Fox business, Harry Dent. Mr. Dent warns in everything bubble will burst in the new year, the biggest crash of our lifetime. You're not going to want to miss that one. So at the top here, James McIntosh, how I and everyone else got 2023 wrong to invest wisely in 2024. We have to decide why the economy defied expectations. Do we, Mr. McIntosh? So this, this article does well as it just takes a look back, a Monday morning quarterback, if you will, and says, wait a second, why, why, what did we get wrong? A lot of the so-called experts predicted a very troubling year in the stock market because of the rate hikes. So... This time in 2022, so this would be late December, early January 2022, the article says predictions of recession were the norm and on some measures stronger than they had ever been outside an actual recession. So there was this cacophonous call for recession, recession, it's happening. And why was it going to happen? Well, rate hikes. So... And this is what the article explains. He says, my biggest error in 2023 was the same as everyone else's, being in the consensus that the fastest rate hikes in 40 years would cause a recession. Rate hikes meaning the Federal Reserve raising the, the rate, the, the price of money that banks have access to, meaning it raises the rates for everybody. Everybody. So... Mr. McIntosh and others thought, well, that's it. You can't, you can't raise the price of money that quick without a recession. Now, for the RHF listener, we know we're keeping that time horizon long and are investing simple. So we hopefully sidestepped those cacophonous calls for calamity and stayed, stayed strong, stayed strong. But I think it's important to look at, well, what, what, what happened? So this Mr. McIntosh kind of goes back and seeks to put a bandage on his wounds here. He said, well, turns out this, um, this inflation thing might have been more transitory. So that was the big deal. Oh, no, this inflation will be forever. and They're going to have to hike forever. Well, as it turned out, a lot of the supply disruptions, the article explains, caused by the pandemic kind of went away. People adapted. Companies adapted. They shifted figure it out. The government filled a lot of the gaps. The government spending 
a lot of the gaps. The rates didn't quite bite because a lot of people had already locked in, companies had locked in uh, low rate debt, and we'd had humans, individuals, lock in 30-year mortgages at great rates or refinance at great rates. So they had already taken advantage. So the article concludes in a way that I take issue with. He says in the end here, there are always new mistakes to make, but in 2024, bear in mind one of the oldest lessons. It is easier to buy stocks when they are expensive, riskier, sorry, it is riskier to buy stocks when they are expensive because they offer little margin of safety to absorb bad news. Things can always work out, but with U.S. stocks so expensive already, the odds aren't good. <gasps> Mr. McIntosh, he just told us how bad he was at making predictions and why he was wrong. And at the very end, what does he do? He makes a prediction. Now, let's be kind to Mr. McIntosh. He probably gets paid to make these predictions. If it bleeds, it leads. And the Wall Street Journal is not immune from that dynamic. But what's he doing? Oh, he says stocks are expensive now. Well, if he didn't know what was going on at the end of 2022, what, why does he know what's going on now? Well, these are the calls you will get, investors. Oh, be careful. Be careful. Stocks are expensive. Can't buy them now. How many times have you heard that? Ignore them. Press on. Our next article I found to be important directionally. Okay, Mr. Greg Ipp writes in the Wall Street Journal, the future is bright if you know where to look. A burst of advances in artificial intelligence, medicine, and elsewhere promise a better life down the road. Now, when I saw this headline, it one, you don't see a lot of headlines like this, so it caught my eye because guess what? If it bleeds, it leads. Well, what happens when this is not about that? This is about optimism, hope, innovation. What do we do with a positive article? It's so rare. But what I, what I thought further about for you, the listener, and for myself, is without a positive view of the future, it's very difficult to actually take hold of our three-pronged philosophy of investment. That is keeping your costs low, investing simple, and time horizon long, particularly that last one. How do you have a long time horizon if you think the future is bleak? It's going to be very hard. In fact, the last article we'll look at typifies that quite well. But this article goes on to say, well, hold on. The, the article says Americans are pessimistic these days, and I don't expect to change their minds. Exactly five years ago, this gentleman, Mr. Ip, wrote that the world was getting relentlessly better. He then says, in the years since pandemic, war and inflation have a left a lot of the world sicker, poorer, and angrier. But, but, this optimism, he, he talks about the the AI-related stocks and how the S&P would have risen only 12% since the end of 2022 instead of 24%. So, and it's not just AI. We can get distracted by the particular invention, artificial intelligence. If you've played with ChatGPT or any other innovation that I do see already, and on a go-forward basis, we'll do this as well, enhancing productivity across the individual and corporate level. That is probably baked into the cake already, but I, I see a lot more there. As index fund investors, we don't have to rack our brains about what the implications are. By owning the totality of the market, we will benefit, as this last year showed. 
the market is anticipatory in nature. So even though the AI productivity hasn't occurred, it's expected to occur. Therefore, people are bidding up shares in these various companies, technology especially, resulting in a 24% return in the S&P for 2023. So what's going to be hard for people, and I've noticed this, if you have a very dour view of the future, you, you will see every innovation as a potential ruse to destroy humanity, which of course AI could be, which of course various uh, biomedical breakthroughs could be. But it is going to be so critical for you to not just read traditional news sources, but actually read history. Occasionally you get the Greg Ip article here where he goes through and talks about... Um, the what happened in the late 90s 2000s with the consumer internet what a boost it was to the entire economy if that same thing happens with artificial intelligence a very similar dynamic could occur we don't have to bet on that as long-term investors but it's just it's nice to know but if you don't believe that's possible if you don't think that's going to happen it's going to be tough to hold common stocks it's going to be tough you're going to, you will listen to the siren songs of the gold bugs who tell you to buy gold or maybe cryptocurrency or maybe a tulip for tulip mania or art or something. You will find it very difficult to buy shares in common stocks of operating companies because the future ain't getting better. What are you doing on stocks? Doesn't make sense. So be willing to craft and ensure you're digesting information that doesn't just tell you the world's ending and it's going to blow up because guess what? It ain't. It ain't. It is getting better. I was honored to be a guest myself on a podcast and one of my you know what, what I, I wrote in pre-podcast what are some things about me I, one of the things I wrote was I believe the world is getting better and my beloved host who was surprised at that comment asked me how can you believe the world is getting better how can you believe and I replied one word dentistry name the decade you would like to go back to and sit in the dental chair I'll wait well, of course, I'm being a little silly, but the point stands. People believe the future is getting better in dentistry. Perhaps they could expand the horizons and realize it's getting better in quite a number of areas. And then on our final article, this was sent to me by a friend of the show. This is Kristen Altus writing for or syndicating through Fox Business. Harry Dent warns an everything bubble will burst in the new year. I actually, you know, sometimes I read this and I think, oh, this is just... Gobbledygook. It was actually some decent points, which means it makes it scary. Of course, it was a poisonous article, but it makes it scary. So this gentleman, Harry Dent, is advocating for market timing. What he says is, the, he says, I quote, if I'm right, it's going to be the biggest crash of our lifetime. Most of it happened in 2024. You're going to see it start and be more obvious by May. So, okay, well, let's stop there. How in the world would anyone know that common stocks in May are going to start going down? Think about that, listener. What would you have to know to know that? All right. You're going to have to know what someone else is going to do before they are going to do it. What do I mean? Market prices go down when more sellers are there than buyers. So there's pressure on the price because pr technically for every buyer there's a seller, right? But price equilibrium, the price at which that transaction occurs, it's always searching for equilibrium all throughout the day. So when you see a price go up or down, it's seeking to match demand and supply. Well, 
if this Mr. Dent says in May, you're gonna, it's going to be obvious. He's saying, I know what these other investors are going to do before they know they're going to do it. Now, that is quite a power if he has it. Of course, I don't believe he does. But if he did, whew, that's, that's prophecy. It's modern-day prophecy. But you can't do it. His, his uh, recommendation is, he says, we're still up there. He's referring to the stock market. We're still near the highs. And that shouldn't have happened. <gasps> so you've gotten a gift. You've gotten this rebound where you get a second chance to get out near where you could have been before. Boy, that's lucky, lucky, lucky. So here he is. He's saying, go to cash and wait. Because let's face it, the market's up so much. But isn't this what they told you to do in 2022? Remember that last article? Hmm. So he says, depressions are different from recessions. They go much deeper and they end up in deflation. It's going to bring down, and here's the scary part, a lot of consumer price inflation. He says this is going to hurt the rich a lot more than the average person. The average person is going to lose their job. For six months to two years, the average person is going to lose 50 to 80% of their net worth. It's the biggest come down to reality. Uh -huh. And then he says like, uh, like 2037 it gets better or something. I mean, just... But, but... I read this article because a lot of what he's saying tickles the ears. Here's, here's his predictions. He says that's an 86% crash in the S&P 500, a 92% crash in the NASDAQ. Crypto, he says, is down 96%. Who knows? And real estate is only projected by me to go back to its 2012 lows, but that's a 50% crash for the average house. So if you read this and get scared, you're going to be tempted to sell a bunch of stuff. Don't do it. Don't do it. These guys come out with their predictions all the time. And they set, they tickle the ears because we, we crave certainty in an uncertain world. He's offering you this incredible certainty that doesn't exist. I can't offer that sort of proclamation that in May of this year, you'll start noticing the market go down. I can't offer that. I have no idea. But that doesn't give you a lot of comfort, does it, when I just tell you... You know, just control what you can, cost and simplicity of investment, time horizon. Because what I'm what what I'm admitting there is it's a very uncertain thing. This investing, it is not certain at all. Hardly. We do the best we can. We think in terms of probabilities. That sort of certainty is ugh, dangerous. And what will certainly be the case is if May comes around, nothing happens. This article will go in the dustbin, and a new proclamation will be issued. So. And then in closing, welcome to Robert's Corner. I found this fascinating on Twitter. We all fancy that, ah, if we could have only picked that individual stock, all our troubles would be over. We picture ourselves on the beaches of Cabo, taking a direct flight in our chartered private plane, because we picked NVIDIA, the graphics processing company that develops chips, it's done so well. It's up 60,000% all time from its public IPO. Someone named Trung Fan wrote on Twitter, NVIDIA added $800 billion to its market cap in 2023. That's the total value of the company. Now it's worth $1.2 If you had invested, and this is funny, if you had invested $1,000 in its 1999 IPO, you would have nothing today. Because your paper hands, that's a slang term for people that don't hold their investments for a long time, would have definitely sold during one of its 12 drawdowns of 50% or two drawdowns of 85% or more. 
let me say that another way. I just thought this was great because all the long-term investors out there, you're telling me there are 12 different times from 1999 to present where your stock price would have gone down by 50%. There were two drawdowns of 85%. The difficulty with buying individual stocks is it's not just that those drawdowns occurred. Of course, that's hard and most people would bail. It's that along with those drawdowns, a lot of intelligent people had great explanations for why the drawdowns occurred and recommended selling. So particularly the two drawdowns of 85% or more, that level of drawdown is existential for a company. It means, well, looks like it didn't play out. looks like it didn't work. You had this GPU company. I guess it just didn't work. Sell it. Sell it. And so you rarely hear the story of someone that bought the IPO and has held on since because the volatility whips you out. One of the great blessings of being an index fund investor is as an index fund investor, a lot of that volatility is hidden from you. Yes, you experience it in the aggregate. All your stocks together move up and down. But no, you don't have the burden of holding NVIDIA through 50, 12 drawdowns of 50% and two drawdowns of 85%. No, no. I don't think I would have been able to handle it. I really don't. And I think most would agree. So, as always, Keep your costs low, keep your investing simple, keep your time horizon long.